Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, I got a rapid fire episode for you today. What does that mean? Basically, I've got three things that have been going on in the business or with my consulting clients that I wanted to cover with you guys. It's going to be a shorter episode, just three quick things that you guys can utilize in your business today. The first one is about the only thing that will always change is change. Okay. So a lot of times when we're running sales teams, we get caught up in the fact that things are always changing and we get in our feelings and everything, especially from the salespeople and like a sales manager mindset, you know, they just want things to be consistent so they can grow on that. But what do we know about products? Products change. What do we know about pricing? Pricing changes. What do we know about commissions and margins and the marketplace and the cost of goods? Things are always changing. So what I like to do is, is basically set my salespeople up to think in quarters, right? Set my organization up to think in quarters. If we're all thinking in quarters and we know at the end of the quarter that things are going to change, then we can prepare for that change. Then all of a sudden we make change consistent by changing every quarter. So in that sense, it's not like a rug being pulled out from under them and you did things a certain way for nine months and all of a sudden you're changing the last quarter of the year, right? They know that, Everything is going to change every quarter. So, and I learned, I learned this by, by accident, because when you, when you know, AT&T, they work in quarters. If they change their price and they typically change their pricing in quarters. So AT&T has been a 13 year client. So obviously I operate similar to the way my client does so that my salespeople are ready for that change. So the first thing that I did was all my comp plans, I labeled them. Q1 and then the year. So it was comp plan Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, and then whatever year I was in, right? And so my salespeople knew that every quarter the comp plan was going to change, especially the ones that have been with you for a while. Now, the caveat to that is if cost of goods change, if your recruiting changes, or basically the cost of getting a sale changes, then you're going to have to eat that cost until the end of the quarter or the beginning of the next. Now, obviously, you don't want to put yourself out of business, but you want to do everything you can to only change every quarter. That's what happens over time is you make this unspoken agreement with your sales team and your ops team that, hey, we're only going to change compensation every quarter, right? And same thing with your product pricing. Don't change it more than once every quarter. So they get used to that consistent, all right, our pricing is going to change, our compensation, it changes every quarter. I know that's going to happen. Sales is a very emotional game. So when you start moving the pieces around and then they have to adjust according to your movements, then it, it gets very difficult. So we want to always do that quarterly if possible. So that's, that's the first way that we do it. And so just like we will with the customer, we want to kind of sandwich the changes that are negative, right? We want to we want to put a positive, sandwich the negative in there, and then put another positive. So typically when I would have to do a compensation cut, I would increase performance bonuses. I would, I would try to make it up on the other end if they performed, right? Or I would make, 
I would find a way to make the processing of the sale easier or find a way to get them more leads or, you know what I mean? There's, if you have to cut commissions, then you've got to come up with something positive on the other end. Me and my partner used to say, we've got to figure out a way to spend this. And oftentimes that would end up with lower margins for the company. You know what I mean? But it was more important to keep our sales organization because we were 50, 60, 70, 80 strong. It was more important to keep them happy and consistently happy, right? And so that was something you always want a little extra margin built in for things like that because what do we know in our business that things always change, okay? So on the operation side, when you are supporting a sales team that's high performing and strong and growing and always recruiting, you want to do everything you can. And this is in general, right? So the fourth tenant of Kodak is operations. And the reason why operations are so important to building great sales teams is because operations take as much away from the salesperson as possible, aside from the selling, right? And so that's what you need to do when you look at your sales program or your salesperson's position is, okay, how much of their position is actual prospecting, following up with leads and account management, right? And even the account management part, there's a reason that there's, you've got salespeople and account managers. It's actually two different positions, but at a lot of companies, it's both positions. But it, it, it turns out if you let your salesperson loose on just prospecting and closing deals and you put an admin type role or a customer service type role on the account management piece, you may be in a lot better shape just depending on the complexity and the professionalism of the sales that you're making and the clients that you have. But look at that, audit that, audit that salesperson's position. So one of the things that I like to put together is a scope of work, right? And then, or you could even have your salesperson right now do a time study. That's one of my favorite, favorite things to do. Have your salesperson do a time study and let them know, look, we're not judging you based on this. We're trying to outline your position and create a scope of work based on this, okay? You're our top performing salesperson or you're our only salesperson. So we're gonna do the time study with you. We wanna understand, okay, why are you successful at your position? And then how do we get more people like you and then one of the ways that we do that is we provide a scope of work. So, so many times we may have a script and we may have a target in terms of prospecting and everything, but you're handing that to a salesperson and not showing them what it actually looks like. And so the scope of work does that. So look at your scope of work, do the time study and ask yourself, am I protecting my sales team? And am I letting them do what they do best 80 to 90% of the time and trying to keep as much admin, as much fulfillment as much operations work off of their plate as possible. And if you are doing that, you're gonna have a more successful salesperson, right? And so that's the second point that I wanna bring up is protect your sales team. Make sure you don't have them too, doing too much crap that isn't providing new clients coming in the door, new revenue, all right? If you have to hire a VA, hire an admin, hire support positions that, that support them, and they do, they get paid a lot less because they're not, they're not out there generating new business, right? So if your salesman's making hundred grand a year and your support position pays at 40 to 50 grand a year and they can support three or four salespeople, 
then your ROI on that support position is so much more because your salespeople aren't having to do those admin type tasks, those 40 to 50 grand a year type tasks. They're doing 100,000 grand a year type tasks, right? The same way you delegate your $10 an hour task, you need to be delegating their $20 an hour task, right? So protect your sales team, make sure that you have them selling 80 to 90% of the time in some aspect, or if they do have a hyper position where they're an account manager and they can make additional sales through their current clients or upgrade them, or it's a reoccurring sale, it's a residual sale, make sure that they're spending all their time on account management and prospecting, not, not on admin, fulfillment, or operations. All right, the last point that I want to bring up for you guys today is abundance the abundance mindset of sales programs. You know, I posted a little bit about this the other day about sales training versus sales programs and sales training is great. You want to always be investing and developing your team. But it's more important to have a solid sales program in place and a multifunctional sales program, right? We're not just talking all right, um how to sell and training our guys how to sell. We're talking recruiting, development, operations, culture, and compensation, right? So if you have a good sales program developed, all of a sudden you're not depending so much on your best salesperson or your best salespeople, right? Because if you have recruiting in place, you can bring in new people. And if you have the proper training process and you have a recruiting sorry, a training workflow in place, and it becomes easier to hire new people and get them trained up to speed within three days, 30 days, 90 days, whatever your turnaround time is for that, depending on your product and the ticket price of that product, right? So if you've got a good sales program in place, all of a sudden you have an abundance mindset, okay? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm coming from door to door, high volume. We're recruiting people all the time, right? I've also done B2B, which is like medium volume. You're recruiting people, maybe one or two people a week versus in door to door, it's like 15 to 20 a week, right? And then, you know, we've also done the high ticket sales, which is like solar. You know what I mean? We're recruiting one person a week, if that, maybe one every two weeks because of the, the uh, complexity of the training and everything that goes with it. And we had a smaller team at the time. So in all three of those levels, if you have your sales program dialed in, you, you do not have a scarcity mindset, okay? And some of the power that is in an abundance mindset because of your sales program is you're able to say things like, hey, we may just be a stepping stone for you working towards your dream. You're able to say things like, hey, if you like baking cakes in the evening and you like getting paid for baking cakes and that's what you wanna do long-term, then this may just be the, the work you do until you have the investment you need to open up your own kitchen. Hell, we may even partner with you on it if we like the idea and it looks good. So that's an abundance mindset. It's understanding that, hey, if, you, if this is it for you, this is it. I love it. Ride or die, let's do it. If it's not it, I love it too. Having an abundance mindset says, hey, if you have this passion, and we're, you're just good at sales, so it funds that passion right now. Eventually, your passion will fund you, right? And as long as we have that abundance mindset, we can, always, we can always communicate that to our team. And when you communicate something like that to your team, like we want you here, we don't need you here. And I know it, 
it sounds counterproductive. We don't need you, but it's the truth. If we have a good sales program in place, we have an abundance mindset and we're always going to be able to recruit and train and bring on new people versus if we're, we're okay with what got us here and we keep trying to run that play over and over again with the same people, we're eventually going to burn them out asking them to do the same thing over and over again and not move up in the company, not have a dream that they're working towards or not be developing them. We're just asking them to do the same thing week in and week out. And we don't like doing that as business owners. So why would we ask them to? So have an abundance mindset when it comes to your sales program, get it in place, get it dialed in. And then you can preach that abundance mindset. And you can always know that, hey, if someone moves on from the company, that's okay. That's part of the job, right? Because we know that we can bring new people in, develop them and bring them up through the ranks. So those are the three things that I wanted to cover with you guys today. This has been a rapid fire episode. The first one is communicating change. The second one is protecting your sales team. And the third one is having an abundance mindset because you have a great sales program in place. As always, guys, you know, we don't advertise on the show. We don't charge anything for it. We would love for you guys to share it, to review it. That's how we get ranked higher. I think we're in the top 100 of business podcasts right now. And so uh, I'm excited for you guys to share that message, share the show. We've got some awesome things coming up next week. I'm headed out to Colorado Springs. I'm working with uh, Turf Pros over there. Neil Farley and his team. And uh, we're going to do a complete audit on their sales program. We're going to be working with them for the next 90 days. Uh, I'm starting an engagement this Friday with a barbecue wood distribution company. <laughs> it's the fancy way I'm going to say it. Wild Man Barbecue. We're kicking off this Friday. I'll be working with them for 30 days. And then in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be headed back out to St. Louis to visit my man, Ryan Goldman and the Goldman team out there with Clay Solutions. And uh, we're going to wrap up our 90-day engagement with them. So very excited about the next couple of weeks coming up. So check me out on social. You know, we'll always be coming out with the reels and everything. Man, my, my uh, team has been killing it with the reels. You know, Ryan's grabbing the content, and then Nika and Ann are chopping it up and making it look good. I promise in person I do not look that good. I don't know what they're doing with those filters and everything else on those reels, but it's been going fantastic. So appreciate y'all support. As always, let's get building. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.